Welcome to the Unit Report. I'm Lucas. This is Troy. We're here for episode 13, I believe, here on Saturday, September 26, 2020. We have a lot to talk about. Penguins off-season's underway. Well underway. We have another big trade to talk about. Uh, baseball playoffs are shaping up. I believe that starts this upcoming week. And just a lot of uh, stuff with football, too. Some uh, injuries and stuff, so... Let's get into it, Troy. Would you like to start? Sure. We'll start off with the NHL as pretty much always. The Penguins have made quite the um, change, I guess, is the best way to say it. So what happened is um, they re-signed Jared McCann for um, two years at just under $3 million a year. Um, so we'll, we'll give our thoughts on that later. However, um, I guess the biggest thing to come out of this is the uh, – I'll let you get into this, but the Patrick Hornquist is gone in a trade for – I believe it's, what, a defenseman and what is um, – what's the other guy? Is he? I think he's a winger. He, he's a forward, yeah. It's Michael, Math- forward? It's Michael Matheson, a uh, defender, and then Colton Skivier, a uh, former Dallas star, so uh, – Dylan was very excited about that. They're coming back to Pittsburgh in exchange for uh, Patrick Hornfist. Yes. And then, yeah, so that's, that's an interesting one. That one definitely got people fired up. But, um, yeah, I guess let's go with what are your thoughts on the McCann signing? Well, I was most mad about the McCann signing because it happened literally 10 minutes after we uh, finished recording our last I think it was like five minutes after we recorded and we finally wrapped it up because I walked, I remember I I literally walked out to go get something neat and then looked down at my phone and lo and behold. Yeah, and we talked about how um, there was a good chance that he was going to be traded and the Sabres were really in on him. And it would have been a great combination for them because it would have had a one, two, three center core of Eichel, Eric Stahl, and then McCann, which would have been pretty deadly. And I think that either way, with or without McCann, the Sabres have a good opportunity to make some da- uh, make some noise this upcoming offseason. But uh, he gets he stays in Pittsburgh for two years. I think it's a great deal, honestly. I assumed he was going to be making like somewhere around like three and a half, four million. So being able to get him for just a notch under three million, I think it's a great signing. He's a guy that you can throw on the wing. He's comfortable playing with Crosby and Malkin, but I also think he's a great third line center. If uh, he can develop into like a more physical for that third checking third line checking role, um, but overall good signing, I think. How about you? Yeah, well, now that Hornquist is gone, um, I don't. I think it was pretty good. I think for the money, they definitely got a pretty good player because he is like. I guess what you would call almost like a utility guy where you, he is pretty much like a plug and chug guy where you could pretty comfortably stick him, I guess, where you need him. You can put him up there on the top with Crosby if it's needed. But then also you can um, stick him down on that like third line. So I guess his versatility is going to end up helping him out this year. And he's, but he's yeah, I, I, I think for – I don't know. I think it's pretty reasonable. He's coming in. It's two point nine four million, so just under three. I think it's fair. I think he's still very young too. He still has like a lot of time to develop. Uh, whenever he was drafted, he was really highly touted. He was a uh, he was like a I knew he was a first round pick, 
uh, Vancouver, I believe, and then he was traded to Florida and then after traded here. I think he has a good chance to be a uh, develop into a top six forward, uh, either along the wing or maybe along, um, in center after the Crosby and Malkin days, if he stays long enough. I, I have a lot of uh, hope for Jared McCann, but we'll see what happens over these next two years. I think it's kind of a prove-it deal. They only gave him two years because they didn't want to commit long-term to him. They're going to be able to see what he's worth over these next two years. And then after that, I think he becomes a UFA. So he's free to walk, or if they really like what they see, they can extend him and make him a part of our future. Yeah, I think I, that's, I like the, I think the two year deal, like the, I, I think my firm has contracts staying in the two to three, two to three year range is pretty, I think that's pretty fair. Just because like you're showing that you're, it's not a one year where like, they're forced to, I don't know. I, I feel like if it's a one year, it's almost like a, they're kind of like, well, we need you for this year, but like, they're not really showing like too much commitment to like the player, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think for like, even like, I guess like security that they're, they're still having that two or three years. They're showing like that they like him, but like, it's not a full fledged, like a Sidney Crosby deal where it's like a, what is, you know, he's like, He's on a what eight-year contract or something? I think it was signed. It's, it was it's like something really pretty long. Yeah. Yeah. So him and Malkin are out there on the like eight, ten-year, insanely long ones. So I think that's good for the McCann. I think the general consensus among fans and among you and I is that we like the deal. It's uh, low risk. I think pretty high reward for a uh, just a good overall player, and he can play center, which obviously ups his value. Great guy. Um, now we're going to get more into that Patrick Hornquist trade because there's a lot that's been coming out about it. Um, it took also a full day for it to be completed from whenever it was first reported. I think it was Wednesday of the first rumblings of it came out. Uh, and then Thursday it was completed or it might be a flip-flop. It may have been Tuesday. It came out then Wednesday it was uh, actually finished. I don't remember, but I took a, a full day for it to be, com- to be completed and there have been rumblings about whether that was because the contract was insured or not. So essentially what that means is if whenever a team sign a contract, they can like add insurance onto it. So if the player gets like a career ending injury, they don't have to pay it. The insurance does. And for a team like Florida, that's really low on money. That's, that would be important to make sure that Patrick Hornquist uh, contract is insured. That was the first rumor. The second rumor was is that he wouldn't waive or they were trying to get a hold of him to see if he'd waive his no trade clause. And as time has progressed, it seems like that's the more likely option because reports have come out that um, he was blindsided by the trade. He had no idea he was even being shopped. And he was asked at the last minute whether he'd waive his no trade clause. And his quote, which is from uh, at Matt Vensel on Twitter, was, when I found out Pittsburgh didn't want me and Florida wanted me, it was an easy choice in terms of waiving his no trade clause. So there may be a little animosity there uh, about how this all went down. There have been reports in the past that Rutherford hasn't consulted with the players before trading them, even if they have a no trade clause. And that's the idea of what happened with Kessel the first time they tried trading him, which was a deal with Minnesota for Jason Zucker Ironic how all of those things came to be anyways. Kessel left and we ended up getting Zucker later. But it seems like that's kind of his play is that he just trades players and then asks their permission afterwards 
just to make it awkward because if they say no it's already evident that they don't that he, they're not wanted you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know if i was in Hornquist, yeah i i'm kind of with hornquist on this one where if it's like yeah i, I even because even for him to be asked they have to be it has to be pretty far like down the line of where it's not even like a like a thought at that point where it's like hey you know we need to blah blah we need our goal this offseason is blah, 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 blah. You potentially are one of the guys of interest for other teams. And then it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Depends on the team. This sounds like it was a – basically the deal was done and the only stipulation was him moving, was him agreeing. And if I was in Hornquish's, I pretty much 100% agree with this. Where it's just like, you know – I mean, it, to ask someone to move their uh, – yeah – to ask someone to like lift their no movement thing, that pretty much tells you right then and there that they that ship has sailed. So at that point, you might as well just take whatever and move on. And there's a lot of layers to this trade because it's it's a lot more than just Hornquist. I think he's a good player. He's aging. I think he's 33, I believe. And so I think he's like lower 30s. Yeah, he's uh, he was drafted the same year Crosby was, so I think he's either 32 or 33 because he was the last pick and Crosby was the first pick. That's how I remember that. And um, he's a great player. He's a very unique player. His style of play is so limited in this league. There are so few guys that do what he does now, which is get in front of the net and just anytime there's a rebound, just whack at it. Even after the whistle, just keep on whacking at it and – He's gotten a good amount of goals for the Penguins with that style. Whenever we traded James Neal for him and uh, Nick Spalling, I was very apprehensive because I thought that we were getting rid of a pure sniper for like a gritty guy, just like a grinded out guy. He turned out to be very valuable to this team. Um, I looked up on, uh, I forget what the, uh, who, who posted on Twitter, but basically his wins above replacement against cap hit, like how much value you prove per dollar was very high for the past few seasons. And it's projected to go down because he's going to get older in age. But for what he provided over these, over this like Stanley cup run that we had with him. And he's been a part of that from the, from like, since we did our back to backs, he's been with us the entire way. He's been a part of that leadership. What he's provided is um, it's pretty amazing. And I think it's really not being sold enough to this fan base. Like what he really meant to this team. He was a top six winger all of the years that we got our Stanley cups are like in our, and we were, and when we competed for the Stanley cups. So I think that people really need to like get a little sentimental about it and realize exactly how, how important he was to this team, you know? Yeah. Well, um, it doesn't, yeah, I guess in the public size, I don't, I don't think the straight has gone over very well. If you want to elaborate on that, but um yeah, it doesn't really seem like anyone's super thrilled about this one, especially with um, the Penguins being so close to the cap, because I believe Matheson makes almost five. Yeah. It's ju- it's like four and three quarters or something. I think it's four, eight or something, but it's for a long time. I was oh, yeah, it, that. It, I'm looking at it. It's through uh, 2026, so it's a pretty – it's a Johnson deal. It's it's bigger than a Johnson. When it was signed, it was eight years, but now it's only down to six years. So it's just as long as whenever, like from now to the end, as when we got Johnson to the end. 
but um I remember when that was signed, it was a really weird deal because he wasn't, he wasn't very proven at that point. And he still has a lot to prove. I don't think he's fully like a top four defenseman. I think he's like a bottom pair guy, which is crazy considering he's making $5 million. When the deal was first announced, it was, um, or at least the rumblings about it, it was just Matheson for Hornquist straight up. And even then, the Penguins were saving $400,000 against the cap, I think, or it was like 400 and some change. That's nothing. Because Hornquist was making 5-3 and Matheson's, Matheson's almost making 4-9. Um, so you take that into account, but then they added Colton uh, Skivier, or however you pronounce his last name, I don't remember. Um, and he makes, I think, $1 million. And he's, like he's kind of like a fourth line, like scratch kind of forward. He's making a million. We're, we're taking back more money in this deal than we're giving up. And I thought the whole idea was to shed money. I thought that's the reason we had the trade Hornquist was to shed money. Do you understand yeah, this? Yeah, I know. I don't know on this one. Because we were talking about, I think it was, was it two podcasts ago where the whole thing is, is the Penguins are basically, it's money that's the defining thing at this point. And it just seems like, Giving up, I don't know. I mean, we showed Hornquist, so you can call those contracts kind of even. But then they ended up they're picking up another what, roughly one point three million somewhere, something like that. If the math adds up, it's like one point three they're adding. Um, no, I think it's like six hundred thousand. Is it? So yeah, because it's four point nine. I think Skeevier is a million bucks. So I thought it was like one two or something. I can check. I don't know. Well, whatever. We'll call it like a million bucks. It's still going up. That's the problem. Yeah, it's still going up. And I don't know. I feel like for the room that they made, it doesn't seem like – because I think we can all agree defense is what this team needs. And I just don't think what they've essentially given up, because that's what I mean. Um, Skeever is that fourth line, like, fill-in type player where I don't know. I don't anticipate him adding much value. Not really. He makes but, one two, by the way. So it's about like an like okay. eight, eight nine hundred thousand dollars. So it's like a, it's like a million. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I'm not super thrilled with this, considering essentially you're paying. Yeah, I don't know, because it's like you're you're essentially trading Hornquist, which was a top, arguably like a second line forward. And now you're ending up with like a, I guess a, maybe a second pairing defenseman at best. I don't. I'm not too happy. The contract, if they, if if his contract wasn't so long, I don't think I would be as like against it. Like if his contract was only a couple years, it's like all right, fair enough. See how it plays out. Because then you're not you. You know what I mean? If you're only committed to it for like two or three years, but. At this rate, this guy's here is here for a while, and in all fairness, if this guy doesn't really pan out, you're gonna have a slightly better Jack Johnson that's making more money. Yeah, um, I looked at some of his uh, advanced stats, and the general consensus is that Matheson's not great defensively, but there are some some good like promising numbers there that I think that he can develop into a top four role. But he's not there yet. For, so for what he's making, uh, 
and like it's he's not going to be playing like second pair minutes with how much he's making, which is like atrocious because he's the second highest paid defenseman on this team now, which is scary to think about. He's the second highest paid. It's Latang and then him. However, there is a side effect to this trade, and I'm trying to find the, here it is right here. Uh, Dejan Kavacevic, I think that's how you pronounce his name, or Dejan Kavacevic, I don't remember. He's a Pittsburgh uh, writer. Uh, he tweeted out uh, yesterday, Jim Rutherford just gave at Mark Madden on 105.9 The X a flat no when, it, when asked if, tr- if Brian Dumoulin or Marcus Pedersen could be traded. Uh, he added, if we had a game tonight, those two and Mike Matheson would start on the left side. Sure sounds like Jack Johnson's gone. So. No one's take. this is the problem with this. This is, but this is the thing. So like, say that happens. No one's going to be dumb enough to pick him up, to pick him up with the salary. Cause he's the same thing. He's not even a starter. He's like a third pairing felon. His his numbers legitimately show that he's like a. He'd be worth it at one two or something. Well, here's the thing: is that they don't necessarily need to trade him; they could buy him out. It is. Here, I don't know. Here, listen, listen, listen for one second. His buyout would be six years. For the first two, it'd be a little over a million. The third year, it'd be about two million. And then years four, five, and six, it's just under $1 million. That's a player. That's a player, but you're getting rid of Jack Johnson's contract. I'm, not, I'm usually against buyouts, but in this case, because if we keep them, you know they're going to play them. It doesn't matter what Rutherford said. He's, he says he's not the coach. I know. It's, it's what Mike Sullivan says. If Mike Sullivan still wants to play this guy, it doesn't matter if it's left side or right side. For all we know, that quote could just literally just mean that he's going to play him on the right side. That's all that could mean. Um, we have I no know. idea. This, oh, man. Because this is the thing. If they trade him, so say they end up pulling some manager out where he gets traded, they're going to be forced to retain at least half of that salary. At if least. They, if they had to with Bukestad, they're going to have to do something with Johnson probably. I know. So that's what I mean. You're, you're going to have to give up Johnson and something else. And the real question is, what is something else? Um, but you're still yeah, – that's what I mean. It's probably going to come out pretty close to even at the end because even if you retain like one and a half, at the end of the day, it's still the same thing. So I guess – it's the difference between term and not, though, because if you retain, it's only for the length of the contract. With the buyout, it's double the length of the contract. I know. That's what I mean. You wonder if – I don't know. I guess if someone – I don't know. You wonder if he's going to shop him around and I, try to retain it, but I don't I, know. I don't – There may be a trade to be had where packaging Murray and Johnson isn't the worst thing. If there's a team out there that has the kind of money – now, hear me out. There's a lot of team. A lot of the teams that need goaltending this off season are teams that have a lot of cap space. You look at Ottawa. You look at Buffalo. You look at Calgary. Tell me, because I think right now Buffalo only has like under contract for next season like six or seven guys. It's like a really so they have a ton of cap space. They're going to remold the entire team. Tell me, it's not appealing to a team like Buffalo or Ottawa that hey, you take back Jack Johnson for three years and you just pay him and. You can like bury him if you want, or like you could buy even buy him out because they could afford to buy him out, and you get Matt Murray for free. 
Is that not an appealing offer? It's an appealing offer. I think it's just it's a stupid offer because it's like I don't know. I don't think anyone would agree to that. I I th- Matt Murray is a two-time Stanley Cup champion winning. I know, but like I just don't see. That just seems. I don't know. Because then you're also stuck with the mark. I. But like we're not getting anything in return. That's the problem. That's where you're like you need if you're gonna get rid of them. Our return yeah. is the cap space. And I getting, guess, but you still need it. I would want something in return. I'm okay with not getting something in return from Murray if it means getting rid of Jack Johnson. That's wow. how I feel. Here, here. Let me. I'm gonna bring up Buffalo real quick, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you an example here. So the teams like Buffalo and Ottawa, they have a hard time attracting free agents. They normally have to trade or develop their guys because free agents typically don't like going to Buffalo and Ottawa, just in general. They don't have the the best ownership, a lot of shaky things there. So for next season, Buffalo, they have Ristolainen, Colin Miller, Jake McCabe, Rasmus Dahlin, and Henry Yokiharu under contract for defensemen. That's five defensemen. They also have Brandon Montour as an RFA. They're going to re-sign him because he's great. And their, their goalies are Carter Hutton and Linus Olmark. Linus Olmark's uh, a, fr- a restricted free agent. So in their cap space is $33 million. So you trade Murray and Johnson to them. Johnson's 3-3. So that brings them to thirty million. They re-sign Murray for five million. They still have twenty-five million dollars in cap space, and it costs them no assets. All it cost them was taking Jack Johnson, which they could literally buy out if they wanted to, and it would cost them. It would be so little of a, like a, like a, of a hit to them. Do you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. I just I don't know. Because the thing is, is if they did that and Murray didn't turn out to be like the star player, it would basically be this Jack Johnson, our Jack Johnson saga, except three times as bad. Explain. So, like, right now we're basically stuck with a brick for what? what's Johnson make? Three, five or something? I think it's three, five for, yeah, three more years. Whatever. So, like, if Murray went and he didn't pan out to be, like, a star goalie or whatever, you're now stuck with him, who, I don't know. I don't consider Murray to be, like, one of the, like, elite goaltenders, and I don't really think anybody does. So, I'm sort of, like, you're going to be stuck with his contract and the Johnson one. So, he essentially tacked $2 million on to – $2 million or whatever onto the Murray – um, contract because that's essentially where they're at, and then just eliminate Johnson, and you're looking at like star goaltender like salary. And so I don't know. I feel like if Murray didn't pan out to be like as great as they were expecting, it's going to be kind of the same scenario that we're in right now with Johnson alone. Yeah, but the the goaltending market this summer is like oversaturated. Uh, saturated, excuse me. There's a lot of goalies there, so he's not going to be able to ask for star goaltender money. He, he's coming off of a $3 million deal, I, the, especially with how uh, the cap isn't going to go up because of COVID. I say he's not going to be able to ask for more than six, 
I'm thinking it's in the five, the five and a half million dollar range. Look at it. Okay. I gave you the Buffalo uh, situation. Here's Ottawa. Next season, they have four defensemen signed to NHL deals. Thomas Shabbat, Nikita Zaitsev, Mike Riley, and Christian Wolanin. They have two goalies, Anders Nilsson and Marcus Hogberg. Tell me, it, and they have $43 million in cap. Tell me it wouldn't be easy for them to get Murray, re-sign him. Then they have a starter, starting goaltender. And they could even, they don't even have to buy Johnson out. They could play Johnson. On that team, Johnson would be a top six defender. Because they only have four guys signed. And I think they're going to bring up one guy from minors next year. Probably Eric Brandstrom is going to make the leap from AHL to NHL. Yeah. Tell I me don't know. That, that, that's an idea. I don't know if they're going to actually do it, but like, it makes sense. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know at this point because we've been trying to predict trades and who stays and who moves, and I think so far we've been completely wrong for the entire thing so far. Yeah, I did not think that they are actually going to trade Hornquist, but what are you going to do? Very true. Um, well, I think I've made my peace with that. But, yeah, Murray to Ottawa. That's my, uh, my new uh, campaign. Um, so... After all that, the uh, Penguins are still apparently looking to add defensemen. They were looking to add Chris Tanov in free agency, which we talked about a few episodes ago whenever I was looking at the uh, how to fix the defense. Evidently, they've already uh, fixed the entire left side. Now it's just uh, the right side. And um, Chris Tanov, brother of Brandon Tanov, which is part of the attraction apparently that Rutherford wants to bring him in for, but Chris, rather, uh, Chris Tanev is looking for a raise, and he was making $4.5 on his last contract. So I predict somewhere in the $5 million range. He's a solid stay-at-home defenseman. What do you think about adding him for $5 million? How are they going to – how are you going to pay – like, how are you going to pay $10 million for two defensemen with where they're at in cap space? Unless Murray, I don't know, unless they made some Magic Murray deal where they could get rid of him and Johnson, go for it. But at the current state of the Penguins, no way. There's no way this is even remotely feasible. Well, they need to re-sign Jari. That's, I think, apparently I, I read somewhere. He's going on a raise. Yeah, but that, they're saying that the, uh, that wasn't a very pressing issue, apparently, to Rutherford, which is very concerning to me because you should very much be trying to re-sign your starting goaltender. Besides the point, uh, right now we sit at $6 million in cap space. Say Jari gets three. I think that's on the high side, but say he gets three. That brings you down to $3.1 million. He's the starting goaltender. There's no way in hell. He, dude, he, doesn't have the, he does not have enough of a resume to command, demand more than $3 million. He, do, he just doesn't. I guess, but still, you don't think it's going to look – I don't know. I just, uh, He's played 62 NHL games. I know, but I feel like they're uh, – uh, I don't know. If they did something with Murray, then go for it. But it's the current state of the Penguins. I don't, I don't see it. I really don't. The, but the fact that he said that, I think, is more of a sign pointing towards that Johnson's gone. Because you, you can't just, like – he defended him all. He defended him the entire run. 
Well, but, I, I don't even say run, but like... Yeah, the entire four games. Yeah, the entire, like, whatever. The entire trip to Toronto and back. <laughs> Pretty much, they went on vacation. But yeah, like, honestly, whenever me and Josh went to Toronto, we spent more time there than the Penguins did. <laughs> cool. But, um... I, I don't think that they leak that without their, like, even if he's, even with what he said about how the left side would, if it's, there was a game today, it'd be Pedersen, Matheson, uh, who else? Dumoulin. If they're not starting, if they're not starting uh, Johnson, then he's gone. Yeah, I guess. That's what Jack Johnson no means, by the way, on this document. I know. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens, but. Um. There's not much more to talk about actually on this one, but there is has been discussion about Alex Petrangelo's rights being traded uh, from the Blues, and they wouldn't get much for him because UFA rights you don't get like much for. Joel Edmondson, his rights got a fifth round pick for Carolina, but there have been talks about that because the talks with the Blues have gotten so poor that they're certain that he's going to go test the market and see what's available to him, and uh, that includes uh, apparently at the top of his list the Golden Knights. But Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, I think even Buffalo are in on that possibly. But it seems like Vegas and Toronto are in a league above the rest of them. So look for him to – his rights either to be moved because they'd like to get something for him or just goes and signs on uh, July – or not July 1st, whenever free agency starts. Um, and uh, off of that as well, if they can't get Petrolangelo, the Vegas Golden Knights will be in on Tory Krug. Kind of a situation like the Penguins where I'm not sure where they're getting all this cap space <laughs> because both of those guys are going to make at least $7 million. Yeah, Petro, so they're, they're, they're not chief not. checks the cut, but But they're great defensemen, and that they're, they're just making a fantasy team in Vegas, man, I swear. Isn't that kind of just amazing to think that, like, these guys are going to end up that are, like, house name players are going to end up making seven, and then we just signed Matheson at, like, five-something, and he's going to end up playing on the third line? Isn't this just, like, astonishing to think that this is the reality? When you put it like that, I get really sad. <laughs> I know. Do you, do you remember the thing from Spon- – the best thing I think I've seen out of all of this, I don't remember who made it, but the SpongeBob thing where they're on the ship and they're, like, crashing into a rock and um, SpongeBob's yelling, just keep going, keep going, and you're the good, ship is doing ap- – Yeah, he just keeps yelling, you're good. <laughs> And the, sh- the ship is just getting absolutely destroyed by this rock. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, it was uh, it said like Rutherford making decisions or something like that. Yes, we're close. We are yeah. very close. He, dude, he's he's losing it, man. I mean, I don't know what happened. I I don't I I don't know, man. Remember, he was able to flip Skidari for Trevor Daly. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking that uh, that same guy is doing these deals. This is the, how. Like, this is the thing. Is like when he first showed up here and like realigned the entire team. We went to two cups. Everyone was happy as hell because when I, I remember whenever he first showed up, no one was. Exa- I don't think anyone was like super thrilled just because he was with Carolina yeah. and they weren't like great at the time. And then he turned into what he's doing now. I feel like we're slowly turning back into Carolina. <laughs> not oh, not man, even, like, because Carolina, like, didn't have these kind of long-term commitments that we do. They were just a bad team overall. We have good pieces, and we could be competing, but he's actively making us worse. 
Yeah. This, this is worse you're than what he did with Carolina. I don't know at what point you're pulling the plug. And now there's the always the beloved rumor going around of um, if the uh, Solly days are over. I don't think so. Yes, I, I don't think so. I give, I'm giving – as much as I think it might it might be like validated because of how terrible he is with the Jack Johnson thing, like he could just sit him because he's actively a negative on the against the team. Uh, he's still playing him, which I think constitutes his uh, firing off of planet Earth. I think we should send him to Mars, honestly. But uh, if you if we can't do that, uh, we should fire him. Send who Johnson or what are you talking about? Sully. Uh, Johnson too. You know they they can go hang out on Mars. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know, because it seems like it'd be – I'd rather, like, send someone useful instead of, like, sending, like, a gigantic, like, pile on the Mars. At least send someone that's useful and won't just, like, get in the way. But other than that, I mean <laughs> – We could always inform Martians, though, about traffic on Earth. You know, you got to yeah, avoid, I don't avoid know. the uh, – I, really, I, I don't know. I don't know, because I feel like Josh Eda would be kind of upset, because I think he's claimed the number one spot for Mars. But I could be completely wrong. You could be, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I saw um, Hans and Pierre. Minute. Yeah, Hans and Pierre were down at NASA the other day preparing the um, the walkway in his uh, golden seat. So I don't know. We'll see. He doesn't believe in uh, publicly funded space programs. You know, he's a SpaceX guy. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Not a NASA oh, well. guy. You're um, right. So we didn't talk about this yet, which is kind of surprising. But the Tampa Bay Lightning are one win away from being Stanley Cup champions. They won last night in overtime, five four. Uh, and it was a Kevin Shattenkirk uh, snipe on the power play. Now, did you see the penalty that led up to that power play? I did not. I didn't. I saw the goal. I didn't get to see the replay. So the, the like anything that happened before that. So the penalty that led up to it was a Jamie Ben penalty, and it's been a big controversy. Controversy. I just woke up. I can barely talk on Twitter. And essentially, um, Tyler Johnson was like kind of like trying to break out, and he was doing pretty well. He was uh, there in the offensive zone, and Ben kind of puts his arm and his foot in front of Johnson, and like pulls him back and trips him. I don't know if you're watching it now or if you're trying to find it now. No, I'm trying to find it, but uh, okay. But um, and everyone was saying they're like, "What a soft penalty! He just breathed on him." No, he literally took him down. That that is a penalty. As much as I want Dallas to win. Because I, I, I predicted them in seven, even though that's the only option that they have to win in now. Um, that's a penalty. Jamie Benn did a penalty last night. And then Joe Pavelski, uh, after the game, t- was at his press conference. And he was like, that wasn't a penalty, blah, blah, blah. No, that's a penalty. I don't care what, how you look at it. What he did was he literally pulled down Tyler Johnson when he could have had like a breakout. He just pulled him to the ground, totally interfered with him doesn't matter what you want to call it. It was a penalty. So, and then Tampa's power play, it's deadly. You give them a power play in overtime, they're going to score. It was only five, like six minutes in, and they ended the game. So now they're a win away from the cup. Uh, do you see any chance Dallas can get back into this? Um, uh, I'm still going to go because my original prediction was we go back and forth to – we go back and forth through game four where it would be 2-2 two, two, and then Tampa pulls away in six. Um, I'm going to go Dallas has game five. It's still going to be Tampa and six. Yeah, I mean, the odds aren't in my favor, but I really, I wouldn't mind if uh, Dallas came back and pulled a, uh, you know, uh, three games in a row here. 
Nah, I'm giving them. Um, nah, I'm giving. I, I give Dallas next game. I don't think they're going to go down that easy. Uh, game six. Because I was pulling, I was calling a, a, a two-two. Tampa um, finishes them, and then yeah, I'm still still going to go with that, even though I guess that scenario is not possible. But Tampa and six. An underrated part of this has been um, Stamkos. He came back for one game. Scored a goal. Or a period or something, wasn't it? It was two. I think it was two periods. I think he scored in the second period, and then he goes injured for the third period. Didn't play last game, but they were still aren't rolling him out again. So he literally has two periods played this playoffs and has a goal. So if didn't he's able, good. Didn't he war? I think he like came out to warm up for. I guess it was the was it the second or the third, and then he never came back. Like, he was, like, noticeably doing, like, some weird skating thing. And then he, like, left. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that. But, I mean, that sounds right. He's been really uh, – I don't even know what his full injury has been. But it, he's been out since February. So, it's been it's been a really, like, tough road back for him. And then, uh, I mean, either way, if, he, if they win this, he's the captain that holds the cup. So, that has to feel good for him, you know? Yep. He's been a big part of this team for the past decade. He signed his big contract down there when he had options to go to Buffalo or Toronto. So, uh, I'm sure lifting the cup would be uh, pretty awesome for him. No, I agree. You want to finish the rest of this off? There's two more hockey things, and we'll get into some baseball. Um, the uh, Bill Masterton Award winner uh, this past season, uh, Bobby Ryan, was bought out by the Senators. Uh, he had two years left. I think it's $7 million. I don't think it was a good idea. I think he provides a great veteran leadership and the, his perseverance and his adversity that he had to go through to uh, overcome his alcoholism uh, is it's pretty astonishing. And I think having a guy like him on the roster with full of young guys, I think he'd be, he would be a great influence. I think it's a, it's a pretty cheap, uh, shitty thing to do with uh, the senators did to buy him out. I don't agree with it. But he's a free agent, and I think he's going to find a job somewhere else because I think he's still a, uh, I think he still has a good amount left in the tank. And the last thing, uh, Jeff Petrie, noted penguin killer Jeff Petrie, re-signed with the uh, Montreal Canadiens for four years, uh, $6.25 million. I think he's a great defenseman. I think it's a great yep. deal. Great deal, yeah. Matheson's making one million less. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> I, I hate you. Um, I know. It's all right. A lot of baseball stuff. Uh, really morbid thing here. Uh, the, just in general, the Pirates can't have anything nice. I think everybody knows that. Uh, this is like this. Just before we go into this, this is like the second player that's done this in the past like five years, which is unbelievable. Pirates top shortstop prospect O'Neill Cruz kills three people in the Dominican Republic in a DUI. There's not much analysis to really say about it. Other Where than that guy? To hell with him. Other it's than, like what they did with Chung Hyo Dong. To hell with that guy. They that they tried to bring him back, and I thought that was stupid. Now he's gone. So it's O'Neill Cruz. It's Jung Ho Gung. It's Felipe Vasquez. It never ends with this team. Why don't I just sign Bill Cosby and say screw it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. God. God, Troy, that's really funny. <laughs> like, what the hell? Why do we? Why do they only end up signing just felons, disgusting idiots? Like, really? 
It's it's like, really what the sad hell is too. wrong with these people? It is really sad, but it's just like he had how a does lot this of keep problems. happening. He had he was our top shortstop prospect. It was like I he had a higher ceiling, I think, than Cole Tucker did. He was a great left-handed bat, uh, and he was probably going to make the show in the next two years. Well, evidently, the Pirates think Cole Tucker can play every position imaginable. So, you know, whatever, yeah. moving yeah. on. But Yeah, starting catcher, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Do you see he now runs the ski lift up at uh, Seven Springs in the offseason since they're not going to the playoffs, but, you know, whatever. All right. I, lo- I love when you get so passionate about the Pirates that you bring up Seven Springs. That's, that's how you know. That's how you know the coffee's good today. <laughs> it's stirring, boy. It's, it's stirring. This is just... <laughs> I don't know. Well, we have um, a couple Pathetic. other things. All right. A uh, bunch of teams have clinched their playoff spots. Uh, the Rays and Athletics clinched the division. The Yankees, Blue Jays, White Sox, and Indians have all clinched playoff spots in the AL. And then in the NL, the Dodgers, Braves have clinched their divisions. And then the Padres and Cubs have clinched playoff berths. Uh, really good news about clinching the Pirates clinched the worst record in baseball. Which is good. Well deserved. Very well deserved. It's good, though, because the top pro- uh, prospect in this draft is a Vanderbilt pitcher named Kumar Rocker, who is one of the best pitching prospects we've seen in the past few years. He had a game this past season where he had an 18 strikeout no hitter. So this guy's the real deal. This guy could really make an impact on this team pretty quickly. I believe that he's coming, uh, he's uh, going to be a pirate but there has there has been discussion about being a draft lottery because it was a shortened season if that happens and we don't get the first overall pick how livid are pirate fans going to be honestly who cares honest who cares it doesn't even matter we are just this this team is beyond salvageable it doesn't even matter it really doesn't like, because this, this is ultimately what's going to happen. We're going to sign this guy. He's going to show up, give him a few years. He'll come up. He'll be great. He'll want more money. And then he's gone. And we're just, it's just the keep. It's just the, it never ends. It's just going to be the same loop. So who cares? It's like, oh, okay, we'll get this. It's like uh, Polanco. Remember when he was big crap coming in and then he comes along and turns out he can't stretch. And um, <laughs> and now, now we're uh, yeah, of course. Um, okay, Josh Bell, he's gonna want a, he's gonna want a um, big old contract. Goodbye. Yeah, that's future Boston Red Sox. Exactly. Um, yeah, but he but just having him at all, I think it's a it's a good because this is another rebuild. This is exactly what's happening. They tanked this year, um, and. It's it's I think it's gonna it's gonna pay off. I think this guy having this guy shows promise. He's another Garrett Cole, which I know doesn't sound perfect. Where is Garrett Cole right now, Lucas? Where is Garrett Cole? Please elaborate on what happened with Garrett Cole. I think he's in the Please Bronx. Explain. Is he in the Bronx? Oh. oh, is he? I think he's in the Bronx, but I think he took a stop uh, with the Houston Asterix. Right? Didn't, didn't you do it? Like- doesn't he have like a new ring on one of his other thing? But like, doesn't he have? I don't know. 
Then he, I don't know, he did something that was like very, I don't know what happened. Okay, I'm trying to look at this glass half full. Then he, this is a, this is a new, this is a new regime, Troy. There's a new manager. There's a new GM. I understand the owner's still the same. I, no, I, I, I 100% that. agree with this. This is a new regime. Regime is a perfect word. Because look at regimes throughout history and how they all end. I'm not going to say anything else. Just Google any regime and look at how they all end. Regime, reg, regime is just like a general term. It's not like... I'm not saying like, oh, we have a new Nazi party in charge of the Pittsburgh Pirates. We don't have a new communist uh, party of uh, Cuba in charge of the Pirates. Um, it's just a regime, man. It's, it's Ben Sherrington. It's I Derek can't show this anymore. All right, moving on. AL award predictions. I believe in Kumar Rocker. I believe in Kumar Rocker. I believe in Kumar Rocker. Go Bucks. Moving on to award predictions again. Lucas, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, in the NL, I have Marcelo Zuna of the Braves winning the uh, MVP, and I have Trevor Bauer winning the Cy Young. How about you in the NL? The NL, um, I'm thinking for MVP, it's going to be Freddie Freeman's year because I believe I, it was the past, was it three or four years, he's finished pretty close to the top. Mm-hmm. I think Freeman's going to finally pull it out this year. And Cy Young, uh, this is the one that's close. I'm kind of going to – I'm going to go with the Grom. It's close. This is a coin flip. But I I don't know. Because I wanted to go with Bauer. If we were talking in, like, the very beginning of the season, it would have been Bauer by a mile. I want him to win it just because – Baseball is so, like, anti-Bauer with, like, all, like, the new policies and crap they made, and I think it would be absolutely hilarious to watch this guy win an award and then – because you know he's going to do he's, – he's going to do – he's going to do something. He's going to be reprehensible. Oh, yeah, he's going to do something to what if he wins this award. And never – and all of, like, I guess the old-school MLB people are going to hate it. So I want him to win this. However, I think the Grom's going to be – he's going to be the one that wins this. What are you going for AL? Well, before you do that, uh, Trevor Bauer has a 1.73 ERA. The second place is Darvish with 201. He's also first in strikeouts with 100 and seconds to Grom with 94. He's first in both of the big categories, and he's significantly first in ERA. I have a hard time seeing, uh, seeing Bauer not win this, really. Uh, I don't know. That's just that's my opinion. And then my rationale for Azuna is he's first in home runs, and he's tied for third in average, and he's first in RBIs. So he's a triple crown threat. He's not going to get it because Soto's like first in average by a lot. But I think being that close to a triple crown is worthy of an MVP. Anyways, uh, AL. Uh, I have both of my award winners coming from the land, Cleveland. Uh, Jose Ramirez is my MVP, and my Cy Young is Shane Bieber. Yeah, I, I literally have the exact same thing. Um, Shane Bieber, I'm going 100%. There's absolutely no way. Uh, yeah, the, I, I don't really see there being any competition. I think AL for Cy Young, this is – he's just blown this one out of the water. And then, yeah, I'm going to go with Ramirez. So – Two team or yeah, same team two awards. It's worth saying though about Bieber just to show how amazing he has been this year. 
He's first in ERA in among, among all MLB. He's for, uh, first in strikeouts by 22. Second place is Trevor Bauer, and he's 22 ahead of him. And he's tied for first and wins with you, Darvish, at eight. He's first in every main category of pitching. He's going to win the AL Cy Young, and people need to look out for him in the future because that dude can ball. The real question is, is can Shane Bieber go do both? Is that can possible? Can he hit? Is that no, what but it's AL, so no one does. Yeah, but what, like, what do you mean, can he do both? Like, could he do Cy Young and MVP? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Um. I, I mean, it wouldn't be out of the question. He might be in all, like a top three nominee. I don't know if he'll win it. But if you look around, there's no clear-cut AL MVP. I mean, I think we both agreed with Ramirez, but like Jose Abreu Jose could be, Abreu, yeah. could be talked say, about. I think that could be another coin flip. But I think, yeah, Cy Young's locked in. I, I think the top three for the AL is probably going to be Abreu, Ramirez, and Bieber, if I'm guessing. True. All right, moving on, um, just real quick. The, this week in the NFL was absolutely brutal. A ton of big injuries, especially guys that are uh, fantasy uh, top picks. Saquon Barkley's out for the year. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's out for a few weeks. Christian McCaffrey's out for a few weeks. Drew Locke is out for a few weeks. Nick Bosa, I think, is out for the year. A bunch of torn ACLs uh, this, past year, uh, this past week. So um, I think the Steelers – we're able to get by though without any major injuries. I think Juju hurt his knee, but I think he's expected to play this week against Houston. The biggest thing that I read that came out of the NFL was that the Los Angeles Chargers team doctor punctured Ty- their starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor's lung with a pain shot. Oh, I didn't see this. How awful! How does that happen for a professional what? NFL it has team? To- <laughs> How do you let that? How does that oh. doctor even become a doctor for an NFL team? How? Where is he getting the pain shot? I, I guess in his chest, I assume. Like who? Wow! It punctured. I didn't lungs. see this. And because I don't his lungs, the NFL that much. Because his lungs punctured, their uh, rookie quarterback Justin Herbert's going to get the start in Week Three. So it's bad enough that it has him out for a week, at least a week. It could be more. How quickly did they fire that doctor? Or should they have fired that doctor the moment it happened? How do you let that happen? How do you even hire that guy? That's awful. That is so wow. bad. Isn't that the worst? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I just, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> this is un- like. How painful was that? Just I, like knee- I, there's I just have... so much going through my head. Like, how bad that had to have sucked? Why the hell this guy is getting a shot that's even like I I don't know, man. I really don't know. All I know is if um yeah, if I'm getting hurt in this Chargers game, I'm going I'm literally having a fan fix me. <laughs> Alright, well no, there isn't any. Damn. Um <laughs> did, uh, have, yeah. your, have the starting runner, running back do uh, something for you. Pretty much. It's like, I'll have one of the trainers send me back to go. <laughs> go on over to yield Michaels and go get some thread and we'll figure it out. Go, go to Lowe's and go get a staple gun. I'll do it myself. All right. Yeah, but apparently that's been like a long-term thing where the Chargers, um, like medical staff has been pretty poor. 
and they've like really messed with a bunch of players. I don't have like exact examples in front of me, but I saw that circulating around Twitter. So that's something no, to keep an eye on. Do you want to talk about your little NASCAR thing? Then we'll wrap up. There's nothing here. It's just, it's like this golf and tennis. It always just exists at the end of the thing in case there's someone to put in. No, you, you, than... you put, you put this Michael Jordan thing in. Oh, we don't talk about this the last podcast. I don't know. Did we? I have no idea. Anyway, I don't, we'll go over it again. We'll just, I think we went over this. Anyway, Michael Jordan and Benny Hamlin decided that they're going to make a new NASCAR Cup Series team for 2021. And lo and behold, Bubba Wallace signed with him. And with the whole, with everything that's been going on, Bubba Wallace has pretty much moved to the, he's pretty much the new, I guess, he's been the face of NASCAR for the past couple weeks, months, whatever you want to call it. So this could be really interesting. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's kind of all I have. This had to have been – We I don't think we talked about it last week because the tweet was from the 21st, and I think we did our podcast, like, over a week ago. No. So this this definitely is new for this week. Um, but, yeah, no, it's definitely very different from NASCAR, just looking, like, definitely demographics-wise for what it used to be like back in the day. For, and now you have Michael Jordan, of all people, though. That's like the I don't know. That's like one of the last guys I ever would have thought. I mean, he's just dipped his toe in every sport. You know, he played baseball. See, he I owns can see this. the uh, NBA I, uh, Bobcats or what? What the Hornets? The Hornets are called now. You know, this almost seems like some type of like Shaq thing because you know how he is. How he uh, he's like kind of spread himself around like all he's like, like he's everything. Come- exactly. He is like commercials and stuff now. I think. And like all that stuff, I got—I I would have seen Shaq doing this before Michael Jordan. I feel like Shaq would have been better because he would have brought a bunch of like—I don't know. I feel like he for NASCAR that definitely like having Shaq there because like who like I mean like who hates Shaq? You can't. It's like the Rock. Yeah, but I think having uh, MJ there is really good though because it kind of shows like this new generation that like 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 there's like you know there's black people that are involved in NASCAR. I think it's a good sign. It's trying to open up the demographics a little more and bring more people into NASCAR because it's not a uh, notoriously open-minded sport. True. So, so having and it's expensive. That's my thing. Is what they're gonna do with like, because this is one of those things where if you, I think all the drivers are. It's like, it's either been like one of their relatives or something. Because this is like golf. Like it is extremely expensive. Like it's a, you have to know somebody to get into it. Type deal, stop. Hockey's like that too. Yeah, true for the most part, but like the amount of money like that these guys spend, I don't know how it's it's gonna be hard to bring in even new people, like in general. Yeah, but this is a good start, you know. Having it is, yeah, no, I agree. It's a good start. Having people that like uh, kids can watch on TV, like that look like them that are doing it, you know. Yeah, it's just because like you know like the NHL and baseball and all the like all the all those kind of sports, they all like the learn to play kind of program. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what I mean. I don't know how this would work with NASCAR. I, I don't. I have no idea what the feeder system is for NASCAR. Yeah, I, say that, I don't know how that would like. Is there an AHL for NASCAR? Oh yeah, it's called the um, it's called the um I one. It spans from Daytona to Tampa. That's actually how you train. If you can do that at four o'clock on a Saturday. You're instantly qualified for the Daytona 500. Oh, well, when you put yeah. it that, when you put it that way, I think I'm on my way. 
Exactly. Like Pat in New York, he's actually he's going to run next year. So, hey, I hit one ten last night. No, it was like two nights ago. So I think I'm qualified. Oh really? Yeah. There you go, Liberty Tunnel. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow, that's impressive. Sports mode. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I think that's that's everything for the episode, right? Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, not really. Uh, I'd imagine you'd hear from us after once we have a final and once we have a cup winner. So expect that with prop. I'd I'd say like the day after. You think? We get. We'll, we'll try. I have a pretty. I have two like big exams this week, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to like the day after. But we'll definitely have some kind of final wrap up show. Yeah, expect something. I guess later next week and also um like once that ends the like off season is going to ramp up even more so we're gonna have a bunch of stuff to talk about for that too yeah all right um thank you said any any comments nope nope just take us out troy we're all good all right um yeah so i guess that'll wrap it up for this edition of the unit report i am troy with my sidekick lucas um tweet you can tweet us questions comments um hate mail whatever at the report on twitter we prefer hate mail <laughs> we prefer we love hate mail also please don't mail us stuff <laughs> um yeah uh, i don't remember what i was saying at this point you're saying uh, goodbye oh yeah goodbye all right yeah, we're gonna wrap it up all right we'll see you all right bye-bye <laughs>